Hi, this is Patricia. And this is Christina. And this is What They're Worth. A podcast exposing the truths of everyday people who are willing to enter the beautiful mess of foster care and adoption. We're glad you're here. Episode 24. Episode 24. And today we have another wonderful guest, as all our guests are, Miss Embo. Embo is a former foster youth. She just graduated with her bachelor's in integrative studies. And I'm going to let her explain that because I (laughs) don't fully know what it is. And she's going to share with us her story. You can find her on Instagram like I did, and she's adorable. She also probably should be on The Bachelor. She has put out some very good, you know, what do you call it? Uh, interviews. Auditions. So single and listening. Audition. um, Auditions. Lord, I can't speak. She's just, she's cute. You can't tell because this is a podcast, but just trust me. She's a cutie pie. And she has a beautiful, more beautiful heart, and she's going to share it with us today. So, welcome. Take it away. Y'all are precious. Oh my gosh, I I need to come hang out with y'all like pronto. Richard and I were actually talking about it, um, and Annie. I'm like, how, yes! how can we make this happen? How can we make this happen? No, I told oh. Richard I was going to get in the suitcase <laughs> and go on that trip with y'all. I was like, I need to come. Oh, my gosh. That, that was I was experiencing extreme FOMO. Yes. I, it really was, like, the best collab of 2020, I feel come like, because it just... Oh, South it Carolina, so come to Charlotte, Charleston. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. California is a contender. A few different cities. Um, and Portland is also a contender. Okay, that's going to be fun. Also, Memphis. You're young. You've got time. I do have time. It's going to happen. I <laughs> I have a few people. You know, we're we're going to go see. We're going to have some trips. It's fun this year. Well, we would. Um, yes, integrative studies. It is essentially a pick three, and so you just pick three different majors and you morph them into one. Um, and I had to like pitch why I want to do it and how it would benefit me and what I expected to do the whole nine yards. And so my three areas of focus were communications, public relations, and business, specifically within human resources and leadership. So, so very what's fancy. Yeah, what's your dream? What's your big dream? Literally no clue. Um, <laughs> who even knows? Um, I, I, my big time dream, I would like to aid organizations, um, like people in general, I mean, systems, everything, like how can we, um, get our internal like functionality and cohesiveness at its absolute optimal so that it benefits the outputs or whatever the organizational or company goal is. And so just literally like breaking down everything, um, from, the rules, the customs, the, um, like, is there a faster way to do this? That is better, uh, for the whole thing that cuts down on time or communication process. Yes. Yes. So that is what I would love to do. My brain works that way, but who knows? Also throwing around getting my, um, I don't know, becoming a counselor, um, is, is a thought process. That's something that's happening. I don't, I don't know. I don't know about it. It makes me antsy. Um, but we'll talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think I would be a great counselor though. I just, I think I would be more to like, (laughs) (laughs) look very therapeutic right now. (laughs) You got the most important part. So clearly you're cut out for it. Um, but I'm actually going to go back to school in the fall, unless the Lord like flat out just says no and changes my mind. going to go back to school in the fall and get my MBA in organizational uh, design and human resources management. Oh, girl. Nice. So, so you, well, you will probably know this, but we know the statistic for foster youth to graduate college. What is it? 3%. 3. Mm-hmm. What is 3%. it? The master's. Not a clue. I'm I'm not even sure if it has. Uh, I'm sure there's like an old stat. I don't know if there's been one that's been recently done. But I fully expect. I think I'm gonna get another bachelor's. Like I'm I'm a forever learner, 
in general. I love knowledge. I just, I want to know all the things. Um, are, are you guys into the Enneagram? Okay. So I, I, on my phone. What's your just I identify with a six. Oh, a six. my little sister is a six. Six wing five. We're twos. But I also see that seven. Y'all are twos. <laughs> You could be fun. equally winged. So yeah, I'm equally winged. So I like doing this. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. So how do we get from your humble beginnings to now? Take us there. Take us there. Well, my family um, came over from the Democratic Republic of Congo uh, oh. in 97, 98. I don't know. My mom was pregnant with me. I was born. Um, and then my sister was born two years later. She's absolutely precious. I have two older brothers as well. Um, And life was pretty great. And uh, my parents' marriage was abusive. And um, he eventually left. And my mom was then saddled with four kids. And she did not work. She was at home with my sister and I and the mortgage and the house and the whole nine yards. So, uh, but prior to my father leaving, he actually burned all the paperwork showing that they had come here legally. And so that has screwed them over. Yeah. When I tell you my life is like a lifetime TV series waiting to happen. I really, I could make so much money. I'm like, videos. call me up. Yes. I, I am going to write a book that is for yeah. definitely happening. Um, yeah, my literally lifetime movie. It is insanity. Uh, but, uh, I know we are, we are, we're going to do it. The book is happening. Writing a book Uh, once, then we did a podcast instead. (laughs) (laughs) I know I, I do though. I 100% believe that writing a book, that will be my, my biggest source of deliverance. Um, and my biggest source of just, I don't know, healing the whole nine yards. How long were you in the system? Um, I was in and out from seven to eighteen, six to eighteen. Wow, okay. So, I so have coming in now probably created yes, like more yes, too. yes, 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 yeah. But uh, okay, so yeah. dad burned the paper. Yes, the whole night. Yep. And uh, from there, like we, my mom tried, um, and then it just she couldn't do it all, and so. We ended up moving around from house to house, um, friends house to friends house, car. We lived in our car at one point. We slept in our car multiple times, um, even out like in front of our school, wherever we were going to school at that time. Um, and eventually we wound up in foster care um, at age seven. Um, and then we went through various homes, I think five homes total. And then from there, we just moved anywhere and everywhere within my community uh, that that we could go to and that we would um, really just try and keep some semblance of, you know, consistency. And um, we then eventually wound up back in care, my younger sister and I, and then we graduated and here we are. So why, the, why was it going back and forth? It was back and forth. Um, honestly, I don't know, but it really was just a lot of like, you know, whenever an investigation was happening, we were removed. And then if we were ever, um, if they found nothing and then, then we got to go back or then we moved schools because of some, um, like jurisdiction thing, as far as like, you had to be in the same County as wherever, you know, my mom was like just different things like that. So it was really all over the place. And I went to, I also got my whole education record, um, I have officially, officially gone to 19 schools is actually what it was, not 22 like I thought, um, but I just went back and forth between schools so much um, that I just thought they're all separate schools. So was the foster care situation only because of basically poverty or was there abuse or a lack of safety occurring? There was to an extent. Um, there was there was no abuse happening. Um, hmm. There was neglect happening. I mean, which I mean, really is a form of abuse. But uh, I, I just I gotta give it to my mom because she really just was thrown in in a country where she did not know the system. She didn't know what was happening. 
Um, and I still, I mean, the moment that we were removed from her is forever seared into my, you know, forever seared into my brain. Police officers just show up and say, hey, like, pack up your stuff and give you a bag. And like, then you just get in the back of the car and you're gone. Um, and I very vividly remember looking out the back window and just seeing my mom, like, lose her mind. Um, and uh, it's, it really, it, like, just the, everything that she went through um that that's what I'm beginning to realize yeah how far I have gotten into everything that she's gone through I'm like it is absolutely no wonder like no wonder um that yeah it that it was it was so hard for her so hard um and I I never I think I was angry with her at one point um just because I didn't know who else to blame like there's, right. there's not, there's someone that was there and my father wasn't there. So I couldn't necessarily like blame him and like have that thrown upon him. Uh, but my, my mom is without a doubt, the strongest freaking lady that I know. And I just will, I cannot believe I came from her. Like I'm hers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's such an honor and something to just be bestowed with. So it's, uh, oh, yeah. it's really interesting sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you but it's really interesting because um my husband's in law school and he's been very interested in you know family law and foster care and I mean as you know there's so much of the legal system is involved in it but a lot of people in the legal system don't really understand right. what's going on but yet they're making these decisions anyway so he just did a project on like reunification in South Carolina, that's where we live. And like the statistics and anyway, as he was researching it, there's, there's like a thing that you're not, children are not really supposed to be removed due to poverty. Like that's not, they shouldn't be put in foster care because of poverty, poverty alone, which yes, like poverty and neglect are probably like cousins because like, if you're poor, you can't feed your kids, which like is neglect, but like, is it that's not really the same as like a person who puts their kid in a cage you know what i mean like there yes. it's different and so he the statistic and i don't remember it exactly but basically i think out of all the kids in foster care there were only like 30 percent that were like the extreme versions of abuse mm. that like we think of yeah and a lot of the rest were like more related to poverty yeah and so his paper was pretty much asking like do we really need to be removing these kids or like, should we be like using these resources to help these families? And yes, I realize there's addiction. There's people who come from different countries. Like there's a lot of stuff going on. It's not just like, you can't just throw money at it and make it better. But also we're taking kids and then we're giving money to foster parents to Mm -hmm. put them in. Like we give all this money to foster parents and then the parent, the biological parent doesn't have anything. Mm-hmm. And we tell them to go to parenting class. Mm-hmm. And that's like supposed to fix it. Yes. And yes. it really just, I, I mean, I knew these things, but just like seeing it, especially written in a very legal and formal ma- manner, I was like, wow, like how many kids are being straight up traumatized? How many parents? Because like they're in just your mom's a perfect yes. example just yeah. in like struggling situations and we've got kids in the system who like their parents have never abused them you know what i mean and like it probably does not need to happen like i mean even with our kids like our adopted children similar yeah i mean yeah. she probably could have right if it caught earlier like it probably there could have been yeah. intervention there other than been a healthier even a healthier like it's just really, yeah. it's really interesting. And to hear, mm-hmm. you know, that, you, that that's like really your story is like. Yes. Foster care needs to move into a preventative uh, direction. We need to move towards preventative care and like wraparound care um, and not so much. Uh, I don't think it's bad to focus upon foster parents, but we need to, um, in the focus upon foster parents, we're negating the child to an extent because we're negating the like their biological parents or whomever they were removed from and so like if we're fostering children we are fostering their whole family like we're it's it is not a um like you you don't lose your family or lose that part of you like it's in your dna like come on 
Um, so, but foster care does it's need like to move. remove and then ask the questions later. Yes. Like, yeah. It needs to be the other way around. Like, unless the child is like being actively, you know what I mean? Like if a kid's hungry, buy him a meal. You know what I mean? Like, don't take them out of that. Like feed them yeah. for a second. Like <laughs> leave them and feed them. And like, let's see what's going on before we, because once you do that, like you can't take that back. Like yeah. nobody can take away that memory that you have. Mm-hmm. of the police you know what I mean nobody can take even if they brought you back the next day it wouldn't matter like nobody can take that away from you yeah you know I don't know it's just in my mind it gets my mind going like man so I've been very convinced and you know when I when I started fostering well I really was coming I always planned to adopt that was kind of my heart so I ended up fostering because my kids parental rights were not yet terminated but anyway so I wasn't really like coming into it being like straight up foster but the more I've learned I'm now like next time that we have foster placement I'm gonna think about it that way and I'm gonna the state and social workers and stuff they just don't have the supports to like be there for that parent or they're just not doing it right now and like I'm not gonna blame anybody or vilify anybody like it just is what it is so we have to do that like we have to be prepared to not enable but like actually try to figure out what the parent needs and is that gonna change it in every situation no some people don't want to change you know there's a lot of stuff but if it can help and if it can you know keep that kid like connected and minimize trauma on the way to going back home, then like, that's what we need to do. <laughs> that's what we I need wholeheartedly agree. That's good. That's so good. Yeah. So anyway, I kind of interrupted you again, but I was just very curious about that. <laughs> All good. I don't remember what I was saying, so that's fine. Uh, well, I asked you if there was any abuse or if it was just more poverty related. You said poverty and neglect. So you came back, then you were moved again for similar reasons? Yes, yes. It was essentially like a game of cat and mouse. Like it, it just, just constant. Um, there was were never any, um, no, we were not hiding. Um, it just was, I mean, we would get put back and then something would happen. The electricity would go out or the water would go out or we didn't have food or whatever it would be. And so it just really was, um, just a constant game of inconsistency of just like, I never felt like I could put my feet flat on the ground anywhere. I always was just ready to go because that's just what life conditioned me to be prepared for. Yeah. How did you have a relationship with your mom? Like the whole time, like how was your bond throughout all of that? Yes, I did. I, um, we did visits. I think whenever I went into care, I can't quite remember, um, if we did visits or not. I don't remember until like fourth grade is whenever I do like start to remember those. Um, but we did visits every week, every, every single week. Um, and so it was, yes. And I got to see my siblings as well. So it was, it was so nice. Those were like the best days. We got to get out of school early. Um, and my brother would come in and he's so tall. Um, and I would ride, I would get on his shoulders and like, we'd walk us out of school. And it was the greatest thing ever. Um, yeah, those are some sweet, sweet old memories. Uh, but it's that, like, that was it. I, I believe we talked on the phone at times, um, but not very much, not very much at all. It was weird with my siblings. Um, because I did not live with like I, my oldest brother I haven't lived with since I was probably 13 and my uh, older but younger the second one he um, I haven't lived with him since I was like 11 so it's a very weird like though we all um, went through the same thing I think that makes us very close but because we weren't always together that makes us not close so it is mm-hmm. like we are bonded so deeply, um, but like our daily lives are not as connected. Mm. Yeah. Were you placed with them a lot? I was always placed with my sister up until high school. Our very last, well, not it wasn't her last, but 
my last foster home um, and last foster placement, we were both placed separately. She was in Dallas or I was in Dallas. She was in DeSoto. And that was the first time we'd ever lived apart. So that was a big shock because we, I mean, we've literally been together our whole lives. Um, and uh, that was really, really hard on both of us just because we didn't, I mean, we didn't have phones. We couldn't talk to each other like as often as we used to. Um, I mean, I shared a room with her, like she's my girl. Um, and, uh, that, that was, oh, that was terrible, but we talk literally every day. She's a hot mess. Um, <laughs> hot, hot mess. Aren't we all a hot mess? Yes. We're all our own version yes. of a hot mess. Oh, yes. How did you emotionally survive? I, I can't imagine. How, how did you, I mean, I, I said this to Richard and I said this to Annie. I'm like, how are y'all Okay what was going on that you were able to be resilient through that? Literally no clue. Um, I, I was actually talking to someone. Yeah. It's just, I, I don't, I don't know what it is. I was talking to someone and really good friend about this actually the other day of just like, how, how did you process and how did you, you know, make sense of it and blah, blah, blah. I didn't think anything of it. I thought everyone lived this way. It, like, it was ah. not, it was not my, um, it was not anything out of ordinary, but I also did have gaps and holes. And because I would look at, you know, different people at school and like, why do you, like, why is there a dad at, like that's picking you up? Like, why, like just things of that nature where I noticed what I was missing, um, but I really, I mean, I feel like I just had a blindfold on for a lot of different things. Um, and that very much saved me, very much saved me. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know. And I just, I didn't, I never acted out in school. Like that was just not my thing. I was very quiet. Like I just like, I did what I needed to do to be done and get out um, and pretty much quit trying to make friends after like school five. I was like, this is dumb because I'm going to be gone. Like why, why even try? Um, and, uh, I also just, I don't know. I, I just did what I had to do. I was very much, I think being the first girl, um, also helped a lot just because I was big time into, I'm so sorry, dog barking, um, into family and um very much like was the little mother like I was I was a child but I mean I was adult from the get-go so um I don't know the I always say that I was not I wasn't born um well I was born but I was forged I was not like built like it just my circumstances forged me into who I am um and just I think that's that's how I got through it my circumstances gave me resilience um I didn't just have resilience from the get-go it's just something you know, like you just you there was another option yeah there, there just there really wasn't yeah there really wasn't it was just like okay this is happening like get up let's go like there's just there's no there's nothing else to do but that I can't just sit and, like, do nothing. yeah is that in the mom spirit probably I don't know. And it sounds like from what you said, like yeah. that maybe, and you know, I mean, people who come from another country, I visited another country and didn't speak the language. I went to Greece to see my grandma <laughs> and I couldn't speak the language. And I was like, this is horrible. <laughs> like I hated it as like a social person, like feeling like yeah. you don't understand what's going on. Like, and I had people with me, you know what I mean? I, it made me have so much, not that I ever didn't have respect, but it made me have so much more respect. I was like, wow, like what people have to go through to leave everything, Yeah, come here with kids and try to be a leader, like that is terrifying and lonely. So, you know, I mean, that's why a lot of people who are the children of that, like have that attitude because they're like... You know, that's like, it is generationally like, we doing this. <laughs> we just gotta. So in some ways, that may have been like a protective. Yeah, that's so true. Practice. Yeah, no clue. No clue. Was it similar for your siblings? As far as me, like, just kind of like, you know, getting Yeah, like, do they kind of um, have the same thing? 
that's all of us like honestly we all I, I don't know how like if you look at our life and then just look at us like by next or I guess this December my sister graduates this December we will all four be college graduates like that wow. that is I I don't even know how and that I don't know that just blows my mind God and mama I'm giving um, credit yes <laughs> yes oh yes um, but it just, oh, goodness, I don't know. It It's just innate. It is a, I cannot sit idly by and sit still. Um, I'm just, I'm very much a go-getter. Uh, I don't know where, like, the passion for school came. Um, because, I don't know, I think my brother has just probably drilled that idea of, like, we we finish school. Like, we're, like, schools are ticket out. Like, this is how we're going to get there and stuff that and all this stuff. So I think that's probably what it, honestly, what it was. But that's very related. Yeah. We're coming over here to get, you know, get the ticket and yeah. it's time to get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. How have you, uh, you talked about just like shutting off any ideas of wanting to make friends because it just, you knew that the reality of you were going to be moving. How, have, like, is that something you've had to struggle with now is an adult? No, um, no. I'm I'm much more sociable than I realized. <laughs> like so much more, um, <laughs> so much more. <laughs> I really, I deeply, deeply love people. Like it is, it's deep. Um, I am not one to mince words. Like whatever you talk to me, you're. It's just we're not talking about the weather. We're talking about things that matter. Like I, I don't. I'm like, let's just cut the crap and get to it. Like that's that 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 is my. I don't. I don't want to waste my words. I'm very intentional with the words that I choose. I want to choose words that are worth. Like I don't want to just speak empty. Like I, I want to choose things to talk about that are worth talking about, um, and just things that matter. Uh, but I really in goodness probably seventh grade or so I uh, was invited to church and um, that church just really wrapped their arms around my sister and I became community um, became consistency became very consistent adults and most of which actually all of them like still in my life today 10 years later and uh, just their their consistent just presence um, was it for me like it just I was like okay we, we can we can talk because I did not literally did not talk to anyone outside of my small group leader and that one friend that brought me at all for a very long time very long time um and then there was one moment we did not have food or electricity I think and I just went and talked to my youth pastor he's incredible we're still friends the whole everything I had dinner with them like two weeks ago it's fine um yeah, they're the best, but uh, they, like, just, and he, I mean, immediately stepped up, like, just, you know, got us gift cards, everything, and just hmm. was so intentional to um, just make sure that we were okay, like, wherever we were, even whenever we were not going there, um, and it's, uh, it just changed everything for me, so I was like, okay, like, just, you just took a risk, um, and so you can't, whenever you love someone um, or try to love someone or try to become part of community, et cetera, like you're opening yourself up to hurt. That's life. Like it's just, there's no way to avoid hurt if you're trying to love someone. So is that where you met the Lord? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Jesus brought meaning to my suffering. Um, And I say Jesus specifically um, because, you know, whenever you, Yes, very specifically. Because whenever you look at the the family of Christ, right, we have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, I very closely identify with the Son because He suffered. He knows suffering. He knows pain. He knows, you know, every emotion on the human spectrum. He lived, breathed, and walked to this earth. Um, and uh, I, I just, I had to believe that because he did that, um, because he's felt that, because he knows what I have felt. He knows um, the pain. Those circumstances were different. That doesn't matter. Um, but I know that, you know, people nuance, whatever. But uh, just that it it had meaning. It mattered. It meant something. Um, and I just could not resist or not choose to not believe that because 
everything that happened to me didn't have some sort of purpose. I'm like, it has to be for something. Like it has mm-hmm. to be. There just wasn't any other, any other choice. Very cool. And, and that's been, you know, something we've heard in different people's stories too. Like what well, starts with like a consistent adult mm-hmm. or a consistent friend who, you know, despite your, your unique experience with people coming in and out, you know, chose and you can you felt that that you didn't necessarily deserve it but that this person went out of their way to show you love and that Mm -hmm. love kind of opened you enough to once you were presented with god's love you said yeah i want more of that Mm -hmm. i need that and that's what people i mean it wasn't it's almost never just the foster parents it's usually like someone else and so when people are always like I can never do that. Well, you can still, you could still yes, have, you can do something by simply doing what we're called to do as yeah. believers. You know, that's the basics of what we're called to do, you know, is to love others and to love those who need it the most. And, you know, in a genuine way. And that's what most of those, most people right. who we've talked to, like that's true. A lot of them were not necessarily the foster yeah, parents. Yeah, yeah, and and that just reminds me to remind other people that to be a mentor, just to be a friend, to be a Christian, <laughs> to be a brother or sister in Christ, is all. It can be more than enough, you know. If that's all you're felt led to do, you know, then that's enough. But, well, I think the misconception is that of that is. Unfortunately, we have a lot of people walking around saying they're Christians who don't do anything really relationally with other people. Sorry if I'm calling you out right now, but not really. Sorry don't not. apologize. We, yeah, don't sorry. apologize. You're like, we didn't sign up for this. We just wanted to hear a foster care story. <laughs> um, well, whoops. But, you know... We are so used to just living such comfortable lives where we might donate money or we serve soup at a soup kitchen, but we don't really want to intersect with people's mess. And it's like, well, that's not my business or, oh, I don't want to get involved. I don't want the drama or what if they, I get that one a lot. What if they steal from you? What if they... Why are you giving random people rides? What if they hurt you? So That's ridiculous. Saying, oh, just be a Christian. A lot of people are not doing that. They read their Bibles, mm-hmm. they go to church, and they might not cuss. But other than that, they're not really, I'm just saying, they're not living lives that are making themselves a little uncomfortable Yeah, and going the extra step. It doesn't have to be a miraculous you know, build a foundation step, but yeah, loving the kid who's no longer at your church and going there and giving them gift cards and answering the phone or picking up the phone, you know, like just those things matter and you don't have to be a foster parent to do it. Right. It's relationship. And newsflash, plenty of kids who are not in foster care need that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. And their lives are just also bad. Well, people you know? are so quick to like judge our the, these new generations coming up, but less quick Dang to invest in them. Like, mm-hmm. you know, people are just like, oh, this generation, they, you know, I'm just like, but how are you investing in this generation? You know, like, what are you doing? How are you helping it? You know, yeah. people have a lot of opinions about things that they have no stake in. It yeah. doesn't make sense to me. It does not make sense. I'm like, how how can you like stand here and say this if yeah. you are not actively doing anything within whatever realm that you're talking about? Mm-hmm. That is one thing I have. I mean, I'd like to think I knew it before, but I've learned it more. Like being a foster and adoptive parent, uh, you know, I can be pretty quick to the mouth and uh, opinionated, and so sometimes my little lips would run with some judgments of people. And, you know, like, and people who are like supposedly like doing good, even I'm like, ugh, you know, and I've been like, you know what? I don't know what those people are going through because I felt it in my direction. (laughs) 
now from people who have not walked a centimeter in my shoes. And I'm very quick to be like, you want to come over here for a second and, you know, see what I'm dealing with over here? Come on. So I'm very quick now to be quiet and to tell other people to be quiet because I'm just like, have you ever done that? Like, have you ever been in this experience? Have you ever parented a child that you did not grow? Have you ever tried to motivate? You know, have you ever been in these situations? Don't come for me or them. Stop it. So we, you know, yes, we have to be careful and we, you know, we talk about this a lot that people look at biological parents or even kids in the system and they have all these assumptions mm-hmm. and it's just not fair. I mean, we see a lot like people who are like struggling with homelessness, mm-hmm. right? People love that one. Oh, they're lazy. Yeah. They're drug addicted. Like people just pile on all this stuff, which again, there's a reason, you know, that stereotypes exist. I admit But, you know, we, it's just not fair to do that to people. And it's not always the case. And in your situation, I feel like that really hurt you. Yes. 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 Oh, yes. Yeah. I, uh, I wait to tell people, unless they know me from social media or follow me on social media or look me up or whatever. I do wait to tell people that I did grow up in foster care. I did grow up homeless and like all of that, because it is, it's shocking to Mm -hmm. hear what people truly believe about you without even knowing um like it is uh it's it's baffling to me it's so baffling just the the things that I have heard um and the the things that have been said even I'm like do you not realize you're talking about my mother whenever you say that or that you're talking about me like I I actually aged out and they're like whoa wait what um, and then it turns into this whole exceptionalism idea, mm-hmm. uh, which I vehemently like, like come up against because, uh, well, yes, I did accomplish a lot and I did overcome a lot. Um, I didn't want to, I was forced to like, <laughs> so like it's, I didn't choose this. I don't deserve a trophy for it. Um, and also I'm, I'm not like, I am exceptional. Yes. But I, I am not the like the pinnacle, the like everyone needs to be like Embo or blah blah or look like see this can actually happen and da 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 like there there could be a thousand little Embos like there could be a thousand Richards there could be a thousand Annies like people just need to step up like if yeah. there's just a consistent a supportive adults that one thousand percent changes the trajectory of a child's life and so uh, I I am um big time like yes I'm very proud of what I've done. I don't think I realize what I've done. It doesn't feel like anything. I'm like, oh yeah, I graduated. People, you know, are making such a huge deal. And I'm like, okay, thank you. Um, and uh, <laughs> just, uh, um, but it's it's baffling. It's just, uh, it's yeah. Just like, yeah. So well, sad. we know people do, you know, we just want to group people. I don't know what it, why we have this problem, but we just want to, put people in boxes it's like it's, just yeah. it's how it's how we make sense of them it's how we make sense of the world is just by mm-hmm. like separating the people do not like gray if there's anything i've realized in 2020 i mean i've realized so much but people are very black and white even if they say they're like they they like things that they can make sense of they construct in 2020 wrecked a lot of people's construct um mm-hmm. as far as what they think about what they believe um, what they choose to do or choose to not do, whatever that be, um, things that come up against that. Because the way that people think about uh, and believe and live their lives, like that is their version of safety. That is what is best safe like to them. And so whenever something comes up that is entirely against that, of course, defensiveness like comes, like it's no wonder because it's threatening like their safety, whether it is it or not. And some people are like, Embo, you know, you're thinking way too deeply about this. And I'm like, I'm really not. <laughs> I'm thinking about this, like, like honestly, from a very smart perspective. Yeah. Just like, it's really smart. It's so true. Um, it's not a compliment to tell somebody yeah. who's like been in foster care, like, oh, wow, like you're the exception mm-hmm. or you're, or, yeah. I think Richard said that too. He doesn't like being mm-hmm. told he's like a success story. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm like, do not. Yeah, that doesn't feel good. So those of us who probably say that with good intentions, mm-hmm. 
you know, need to know that that's not helpful. Yes. Not helpful. So speaking of what you didn't touch too much on your experience with your foster parents, how many did you have and do any of those stick out as good, bad? Um, Yes. So my first foster home, actually, I um, was, this is my, oh goodness, I can't believe this is my entry and like my first experience with foster care, but um, she actually left us uh, at home for a weekend by ourselves. And um, yes, 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 or yes. Um, Yes, I was seven. Uh, I didn't think anything of it. Um, I told my caseworker about it the next time that she came and then we were removed from that home and we went to another home. That family, um, it was an older couple. They're like grandparents. We still talk to them. We love them so much. They're amazing, absolutely amazing. Um, the next few, what like, made what made them amazing? They, they just, I mean, that is the first Christmas that I remember. I was nine, um, and uh, they also just very little things like they provided structure, but they also like we would go to the mall and walk around or we'd go out to eat or whatever. Um, and they also did little things like I remember on Halloween, I got home from school and we had like little buckets of candy, like just, you know, on our bed. Um, and they once let us like pull it, pull it all night or like, you know, not really, you can stay up, like go for it. And so, you know, we all tried, I didn't make it to like four. Um, and I was so, I was like, this is so cool. And just, just little things like $5 for every A or $10 for every A, $5 for every B. Um, like just, they were so intentional. Um, it's, it's like they, I don't know, they threw their entire selves into us. Um, they did not hold back. Yeah. Yeah. And they put some energy. You didn't feel like a like a side gig. Mm-mm, not at all. Yeah. Um, and then we had one one more. I had one in high school. Uh, we did not vibe. We did not vibe well. We did not vibe well because because I am headstrong, very headstrong, um, very headstrong, and I know what I want, and I'm gonna ask all the questions. Um, and so like whenever I went into foster care uh, again in high school. Um, I ended up graduating early and so I like went to each and every person and like what are the benefits that I can get how do I obtain those like just I was so um, I, I want to figure out how to get everything that I can so that whenever my sister graduates like I can help her out yeah. like she so she knows and so um we we butted heads quite a bit but she would never talk to me about it it was always talking to the caseworker and the caseworker would talk to me and so and I'm very much like if you have an issue let's talk about it I don't I don't do vague like I don't I don't like misleading any of that I've always been that way um and so I uh we really just we just we just did not that made you feel like less than and like not yes affected as a person yes. you were like old enough to converse with and she's like yes you. yep mm-hmm. yeah and just just the um just a lot of double standards where I'm like I, I because I did have community and I did have people who like my um just my church community they would come and like we went to top golf one day or we you know just fun stuff of that and just the uh she had a lot of assumptions and things and um, but I don't know. She made really good nachos, like really good nachos. <laughs> so there wasn't there one was thing on this that lady is the nachos. The nachos were really, really great. But I did, I do, man, I do, uh, wish the absolute best for her. I, we did leave on good terms. I told her, thank you. Like I really am grateful for her because I did. She helped me like, get to where I am um and that's that's all I can really say um but uh goodness yeah a lot of the people didn't like me in high school a lot of people caseworkers I was annoying um guardian ad items everything I'm like I I want to know everything like because I need to I want to do well 
Yeah. Um, and and they're not they're not telling you. They're not telling you these things. They're, yeah. It's not just like casual information. You have to constantly advocate for yourself. And I can't explain how ad- utterly exhausting that is. Um, and yeah. at, at times debilitating because I'm not like I should not be the person who's advocating for myself. It shouldn't be me. It should be my parents. Um, it should be an adult. And yet here I am again in an adult role as a child. And, right. and it's sad. Yeah, absolutely. And the systems that are there should not be structured in such a way that they don't tell the kids. Oh, yeah, that's a whole nother topic. I mean, yeah. we yes. experienced that, you know, y- you don't know what's going on as the parent and and then you don't know what they already know and what they don't like your kids. You don't know. And then like, they'll tell you stuff and then you're supposed to tell them and you're like a stranger. You're like, mm-hmm. well, you tell them like, oh, they at least yeah. know you, you know what I mean? And like, you can actually answer questions. I don't know anything. And then you're like in the position to, yep. you know, have to be the one to communicate it. And it's a mess. It's like, it's not fun on this side either. Mm-hmm. And I can only imagine you know, being a child trying to get information. I was an adult trying to get information and they're giving me the runaround, you know, when I was trying to get my kids into my home. And I'm I'm like telling her, why do these people act like I'm a terrorist? You know, like if people are trying to get older kids out of the system, shouldn't y'all be like calling me? Like mm-hmm. they should be yeah. being like, Patricia, <laughs> please, what can we do? You know what I mean? No, they're like, who are you? Yeah. Oh, your paper blew away in the wind. The dog ate it. You know, I, I'm just like, huh? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. So I can only imagine that's what happened. Like, did you make a decision? Was it like you saying, I don't want to get adopted or it just didn't pan out that way for you? I never thought about it. That was not even that, that thought never crossed. You were still close to your mom. Mind. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You were, yeah, so you just, just kept the mindset. I'm just getting through this. Is I have to check this box, get out. This is my release date, basically. Like, and then yep. I can go back to, or I can basically like create now instead of being like what you said, forged kind of into. Yes. Did yeah. you? Did you um get some more support after you were 18, or mm. were you? Yes. Um, I, uh, I really just had support from, I mean, I have a tuition waiver letter in Texas. You get that. So I did not have to pay for school, um, which is awesome. Very, very grateful. And then, uh, we also have like education and training vouchers and just various scholarships and stuff. I just hustled like just anything that I could do. Um, Um, the foster care system. Yes. Uh, yes. I just, I was curious. Good. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I have so many kids that I work with that, you know, they're so done with social services that they just want to cut them off. And I'm like, listen, like, I know you're mad and I understand, but like, why would you smack the hand when they're trying to give you money? Like I try to tell them, I'm like, life is really super hard. (laughs) Like if all you have to do is go to work and they're going to pay you because that's how it is here. You can, if you work or go to school, like they give you a check every month. Wow. And I'm like, why would you not do that? You know? And it's so, and I, so I always encourage them, like, let people help you. I mean, even if you feel like it's the person that hurt you, I mean, first of all, it's not a person. You know what I mean? Like, this is a whole thing. Like you can't even blame this on one person. So I'm like, you might as well at this point take, you know, the opportunity that's being yeah. given to you because like you putting a middle finger up to somebody trying to help you, like a system trying to help you. Like you're not proofing anything to anyone. <laughs> like yeah. nobody's feelings are getting hurt. Like you're just not taking something that has been created to try and help you a little bit. Yeah. So yeah. that's awesome. I, I going, being able I, to- um, yes. I entirely understand why, why that is true though. Like why it is that, um, you, I mean, you just say F you and like, bye. Um, you don't want anything to do with it anymore. Um, it's, yeah, it's such a hot mess. Oh yeah. No, I don't blame them at all, but I'm just like, take the money. <laughs> Come on. Oh, okay. Well, we covered a lot. Is there anything else 
you want to talk about about your story that we didn't ask you and interrogate you about (laughs) um i do not have anything else y'all are so funny y'all are fun like y'all are fun humans thank you genuinely fun so i want to come to south carolina yeah we tried to do that you're fun too we passed the interview i am a lot of fun yes you did thank you for coming on our show and letting us ask questions that maybe are not always fun to answer i don't know if i ask questions i think i'm a lot like you i'm very blunt as well so sometimes i'm just like boop and then i'm like hmm should i have said that like that (laughs) so i hope i didn't do that today no not at all i would have definitely told you that's so funny so yeah um let me see anything else oh we always ask people is there anything any advice or you know anything you want to leave our listeners with if you had to kind of wrap everything up in a bow anything you would want to say yeah get comfortable uh with being uncomfortable I like I know it sucks. I'm sorry. I lived my whole life in discomfort. So discomfort is very just it's normal for me. Um, and I, I think that's an advantage, but it's also a disadvantage because comfort is doesn't feel safe. Um, and it should be flip flopped. Uh, but there's there's such there's so many gifts and the discomfort. Um, so many gifts to be found. So just do something that scares you. I don't like do something that is just out of your box. That's not your norm. Um, you may discover something you may like. You also may discover something that you hate. Uh, like it just, just go for it um, and just see what happens. We, we cannot, we can't stay in comfort, comfort for too long. We're not meant to. Amen. I love that. Amen. And whether you learn that you hate it or you learn that you love it, all learning is helpful. I think. Benefits yeah, you. Whether you learn about yourself, then yeah, benefits you. And if you really want to learn about yourself, go learn about the Enneagram. No <laughs> <laughs> <So> fun. <laughs> They're gonna sponsor her soon. I, I'm you telling know, you. If you like today's episode or any of our episodes, we'd really appreciate a kind review on Apple Podcasts or just to share with your friends. Being and hearing the stories that are told.